Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Holiday weekend, sunshine, beautiful weather. What more could you possibly want? Happy Saturday, happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Dan Gross' show, live and in living color, you know where. 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. You got three hours this morning, right up until noon. Then we'll hand things over to Anita. We got Harvey, we got Joe, we got the usual cast of characters here. And you can also get me on Twitter at Dan Gross at G-R-A-C-A. First and foremost, happy Memorial Day weekend to everybody. Hope you're getting it started off the right way. And, a, of course, a thank you to all those that served, continue to serve, paying the ultimate sacrifice to allow us to sit here and do a little talk radio show and to enjoy our friends and family and whatever we choose to do on this glorious weekend here. So a thank you, thank you to our brave servicemen and women, of course, as we celebrate this holiday and get to enjoy a nice little long weekend we get to talk some sports over the next few hours here and a lot of stuff going on as we are just a few days away from turning the calendar to the month of june and summer months and we got plenty of things in the news cycle as far as all these sports are concerned and you know depending on what side of the support you're on it was a good night for you or it wasn't such a good night for you depending on the area of baseball teams here. But, you know, we'll start it off a little positive. How's that? We'll start with, we'll start with some good vibes on this Saturday morning. And, of course, we've got to go all the way out to Colorado for that because give the Mets credit and give Max Scherzer credit more than anything else, going out there and taking care of business against a Rockies team that, you know, to be quite frankly, you know, you should go out there and take care of business against if you consider yourself to be a legit team in any sort of playoff conversation once that rolls around. And that's what the Mets did last night. You know, and, you know, we brought it up on the show last night while we were on, before the game got underway. You know, historically, Scherzer, being a guy who you know is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, for some reason or another, he just quite hasn't figured it out in his career at Coors Field. I mean, coming into that game last night, he was 0-3 with a 6-4 ERA at Coors Field. Now, look, I know, you know, It's not the easiest place to pitch in the world. Probably the most difficult ballpark in all of baseball because of the altitude, right? There's challenges galore. He, after the game, was even talking about, I think he likened it to pitching on the moon. I don't know how many of you have ever tried that before. I don't even know if he's tried it before. But it's difficult. And even the best have been humbled by trying to pitch in that ballpark there. So last night, you know, it has not been a vintage Scherzer season by any stretch. He's battled injury. He's battled suspension. He's battled father time, all the above. But last night he went out there, and he probably had as good a start as he's had all season long, pitched as, as deep into a game as he's pitched all season long. 
going seven innings, throwing over 100 pitches, and just allowing that one run, mixing up his pitches, you know, breaking into the off speed, establishing a little bit better rapport with Francisco Alvarez as that relationship continues to grow and flourish with the youngster, of course. And you come out of that game, even though it got a little bit hairy there in the late innings and the Mets did all they could in that ninth inning to try to allow Colorado to get back into the game, but they found a way to get it done. And you get the opener of the series, and now you give the ball to Verlander for game number two, and what a chance to take the series, which is what you set out to do, you know, every single time you step onto the field against a respective club. But Scherzer, to me, is the underlying story here because it's been a challenge. It's been a struggle. And I think you guys know that, look, I've been critical of him at times this season. And things were not looking good, especially early on, and he's still got a long way to go. But you take the guy for his word. He says he's finally healthy. He's past the neck spasms. He's past the stuff that was happening with the back and the shoulder and sticky stuff and all these other things. And he's just going out there and pitching. And he's getting into a routine. And he's starting to be acclimated now with the pitch clock and having to alter the way he's gone about doing things for the better part of his Hall of Fame career, which he's spoken openly about. But the last three games, since he missed that one start because of the neck spasms, guy's been fantastic. He really and truly has. Now, look, I understand it wasn't against, you know, Murderer's Row. It was against Washington. It was against Cleveland. And it was against Colorado. Those are three teams right now that I don't think I have to tell you are not exactly considered to be among the elite in Major League Baseball. As a matter of fact, they're all sub-500 teams. But he gave up one run, no runs, and one run in those three starts. And if you could get that type of production from a Max Scherzer over the long haul in this baseball season, if you're the New York Mets, you take it. Because they're only going to go as far as these two Hall of Fame pitchers take them. That's how this roster was constructed. That's how it was put together. It was supposed to be Scherzer being there for you when the games counted the most, and it was supposed to be Verlander. Just like a year ago, the team was put together with the top two of DeGrom and Scherzer, and we know it all blew up in their face late in the year, September in Atlanta, and then, of course, once they took on the San Diego Padres in that first-round series at City Field. But we got a long way to go. Before you get to that point, a long way to go. And what the Mets are doing right now is they're trying to erase, you know, what for the better part has been a a, a lackluster month of May. Remember they got off to that great start? They were 14 and 70. They're like, ah, you know, they're going to pick up right where they left off from last year. They're going to cruise to 100 wins again. Easy does it. Well, then reality kind of hit them. And some guys who had great seasons last year were scuffling a bit this season. And they still haven't really gotten going. Right? Still trying to incorporate some new players. Daniel Vogelback still stinks, but that's another story for another time. What you got to do now is start to play like a team that you expected to see on that field when you have a record payroll north of $350 million. And I know that games are not won or lost on paper, but you look at the schedule coming up in the month of June, not easy. Okay, a lot more challenging than what May was supposed to be. And the Mets were scuffling considerably against all those teams that you probably should have taken care of business against earlier in the month. So maybe this will have the opposite effect. And they're actually going to go out there and maybe raise the level of their competition when they play better teams. But having a Max Scherzer pitch like he has the last three games, I think will do wonders for you. And it'll make this team's job a little bit easier. And also, 
again, give credit where credit is due here. Because Brandon Nimmo was a guy that for the better part of his career, I wasn't exactly the biggest fan of, especially when, you know, he first came up and, you know, he was trying to stay in the lineup and, you know, trying to carve out a role for himself. And it seemed like there were a couple of off seasons there where his name was attached to whatever sort of trade rumors that the Mets were maybe involved with. You know, to try to beef up the roster, to bring in an established player from some other team. And it was always, oh, well, you know, you got to, Brandon Nimmo is going to have to be a part of the package. And I was always under the impression, you know what? Good. Goodbye. See ya. Give me somebody who's established because we don't know what this Nimmo kid is going to be. Well, I'll tell you what. I know we've said this a lot already this year. Like, where would the Mets be without Brandon Nimmo right now? Not a great place as is, but for an offense that's been scuffling for the better part of this season, imagine how much worse off they'd be if they didn't re-sign Nimmo. And i got to be honest, I thought going into the offseason, I didn't think they would find a way to be able to keep him. Because I thought there would be some other club out there that was going to be able to pony up the cash and pay a heck of a lot more money than, let's say, the Mets were willing to go. And Uncle Steve dug deep in his wallet, and he was able to write that check for $162 million, keep Nimmo around, and he's been, again, sensational. Guy's never made an all-star team. I think it's time. Right? Like, what more does this guy have to do? On base all five times last night in his kind of almost homecoming, right? Kid who grew up in Wyoming, goes out to Colorado, has a lot of family and friends and that type of thing. But he had two triples in the game last night, three walks, on base all five times, jump starting this offense. Where would they be without him? It's almost a sobering thought. It really and truly is. Lindor had himself a nice game last night, got him off and running with that home run. Also had another knock later in the game, drove in four of the five. So he's finding a way to still get some big hits, despite the fact that batting average isn't maybe where you want it to be. And now you feel good getting the opener. Scherzer does his part. You give the ball to Verlander tonight, and you take the series. That's a simple formula. That's how it should be. And Verlander, on the other hand, as opposed to Scherzer, he's a guy actually that in his career has pitched pretty well at Coors Field. Doesn't have as large of a sample size, but he's got like a 1-2 ERA pitching in that ballpark. And, you know, Verlander was a guy, of course, who spent his whole career in the American League, so didn't get a lot of opportunities, of course, to pitch at the home of the Colorado Rockies. So a good performance last night by the Mets to get off that series with a team that's scuffling a bit right now in the Rocks. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Like I said, we got a big show for you today. Right, Got a few hours to check a lot of things off the list. We'll sprinkle it all in. Right, Basketball. We got ourselves a big game six tonight between the Celtics and the Miami Heat. Miami will take their third stab at trying to send the Celtics on their merry way and punch their ticket to the NBA Finals in a trip with the Denver Nuggets. Denver, meantime, you see what they're like? They're just trying to stay busy and not get rusty. They had practice yesterday. Michael Malone, the head coach, he, he did a press conference afterwards. He was talking with the media. He's like, that's the thing that I worry about is the rust. You know, there's no way you can simulate NBA playoff basketball in practice. And we're gonna, they're going to be sitting around for like nine days or whatever it is or more waiting for the finals to start. And not only that, they don't even know who their opponent's going to be. I'm sure that they're scouting both and they've been the Celtics in the heat, but they want to be able to just get back out there on the floor, and they're not going to get a chance to do that until Thursday. Win, lose, or draw, no matter if the series ends tonight or if it gets pushed even to Monday. But regardless, you're going to hear every bounce of the basketball in that game six between the Celtics and the Heat tonight 
right here on 98.7 ESPN. Our coverage begins at 8 p.m. So we'll talk about that a little bit later on. Our pal Scotty Pippen had some more flattering things to say about his former teammate Michael Jordan, which are kind of funny. We had some fun with it last night, and if you didn't hear it, we'll share that with you a little bit later on in the program. Got to get into some football, too, because a marquee wide receiver is now suddenly available. No strings attached. Just come up with the cash, and he could be yours. We'll talk about whether or not DeAndre Hopkins makes a heck of a lot of sense or is even a viable option for both the Jets or the Giants for the upcoming season. A lot of things to get to at 800 919 3776. That is the telephone number. We come back. We'll get into the night and the Bronx, which was another tough one for the home team. And specifically, the manager wasn't even around to see this one. And Major League Baseball finally deciding that that's becoming an issue with the Yankee skipper. Saturday morning, holiday weekend, Dan Gross's show. We get this thing rolling right after this on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. And let me tell you, I, I, I just want you to enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. And it's brought to you by Kia. Make your summer special. Visit kia.com. Kia movement that inspires. Well, if you're a Yankee fan, you didn't enjoy your trip to the ballpark last night. Well, you could have. You know, I mean, you probably didn't get the result that you desired, but you still could have had a good time. I mean, it was a beautiful night. Like, a, you know, I would say a 9 or a 10 on the uh, weather scale. Not too hot, not too cold, not a cloud in the sky. But San Diego probably had a lot more fun on the ball field than the home team did because the Padres get it 5-1, to one and the Yanks' bats have suddenly gone cold here over the last couple of nights, and they've dropped three in a row. And I will say, despite the loss, in an emergency situation, I think you have to kind of be pleased with what you saw from the kid last night on the mound, Vasquez, because I understand that the Yankees think highly of him, but he's kind of been struggling this year down in the minor leagues. And he, you know, for his first major league appearance against that lineup, even though the Padres have scuffled this year, but you look at the back of the baseball card as some of those guys, whether it's Tatis, whether it's Soto, whether it's Bogarts. I mean, these are all-stars. I mean, some of the top players in the game at their respective position. Vasquez probably pitched last night at Yankee Stadium against a potentially dangerous lineup of the Padres. He pitched better last night than he has all season in the minor leagues. And now he got shipped right back down to the minors. You're one and done. Thank you very much. And that's it. But, you know, the Yankee offense didn't give him any support. 
You know, Joe Musgrove, I don't know whether he had some shiny stuff on his ears like he allegedly did that night at City Field last October. Nevertheless, you know, Yankee lineup couldn't do anything. And, and this has been a thing now for the last couple of nights where they can't get the bats going here. And I guess that, you know, maybe one good thing to come out of it if you're the Yankee manager is that you didn't have to sit around and watch it. Because Aaron Boone was suspended for the game, and that came down late in the afternoon after Boone did his pregame kind of media briefing. And look, it's becoming a thing. And Major League Baseball ultimately had to step in and say, hey, Aaron, enough is enough, man. Like, enough with these ejections. Enough with, you know, the verbal assaults to these umpires because umpires are still employees of Major League Baseball. You know, so the sport is going to have their back when push comes to shove. And I guess the language in the letter that went out, they said the suspension for Aaron Boone was for his, quote, recent conduct toward Major League umpires, including the actions following his ejection from Thursday night's game against the Baltimore Orioles at Yankee Stadium. And that, you know, if you saw Thursday night, Edwin Moscoso, who was the umpire, he and Boone got nose to nose. And Boone let him have it. And there might have even been some salivary transactions that, you know, uh, maybe landed on the umpire's face as the conversation got a little animated and heated, which tends to happen from time to time. <laughs> Excuse me. But the bottom line is this. This is now four times already this year. You played 50 games. Four times the manager has been thrown out of a game. Three times in the last 10 Twice in what? A five-day period? Because he got ejected on Sunday afternoon in Cincinnati. That was in like the first inning of the game. Thursday night, it was in the first couple of innings. So it, it comes to a point, and we were joking about this the other day. Like, imagine if managers got paid like per inning, right? Like, you're hired to be there for the full nine innings. And I get it's important to have your teams back and to show support and to, you know, always be there for your guys. But what good are you doing your team if you're not going to be in the, in the dugout for the balance of these games? Like, does it really behoove the Yankees to have the manager thrown out in the first inning? Or for him to be so fired up about something that happens in the first two or three innings of a game that could potentially compromise decision-making later on in generally the part of a baseball game where important decisions come to light. Like, it's very rare in a baseball game that something will materialize in innings one, two, and three that are going to determine the outcome of a game, right? It's usually in those mid to late innings when you're thinking about changing pitchers, then you're going to have to navigate your bullpen, what type of guys do you maybe want to put into the lineup, pinch run, all this other stuff that the manager is supposed to be there for. Right, He's the one making these in-game decisions, and that's why by him getting tossed like that, he's doing a disservice to the organization. So it was baseball that had to step in and be like, you know what, Aaron, enough is enough. But maybe, and look, and I got nothing against Aaron Boone. He's a nice guy. I like him. But I think it's becoming a little bit stale. And I was talking about this last night. You know, getting tossed from a game three times in a span of ten, I mean, one out of every three games you're getting tossed? I mean, enough is enough. Stop. You know, you're supposed to be, the, you know, the Yankees, Hal Steinbrenner, they're paying Boone, what, $5 million a year, more, whatever, to be the manager of the Yankees, to be there for all nine innings, not to get run in the first, or to get run in the third, not doing anybody any good. So Boone, ironically enough, before the suspension came down yesterday afternoon when he was meeting with the media, he was asked if he thinks 
that he's starting to gain this reputation as maybe a guy who's going to be difficult with the umpires. Well, I think I've earned that reputation. <laughs> um, do I think it's leading to a quick hook? Not necessarily. I think last night was, but that could just be a one-off. Um, maybe I'm delusional and that I did more than I think. I don't think that's the case, but um, I don't think I'm being targeted by umpires going in like, you know, they're not going to tolerate certain things. I think I think I'm treated fairly. Well, I, I here it was what it comes down to. All right, people talk, don't they? In all walks of life, people talk. And I'm sure that in the umpiring community, regardless of what series you're working, everybody knows everybody, that now when you look around baseball, and I'm sure that these umpires know this, they've seen that Aaron Boone now has been prone to getting ejected. More often than not, especially recently. So don't you think that when they go into a series that now they're going to do a Yankees series, that they know that they're going to have a manager in the Yankee dugout who might get a little chirpy and who might be somebody that, depending on who the umpire is, if he has rabbit ears or not, maybe he'll be looking to kind of pick a squabble with Aaron Boone, and Boone might be somebody who, who would be more than inclined to take the bait. And it just, look, I know that it's fun, right? And I understand that it gets a row out of the crowd and everything when you see the manager go out there and argue, but it doesn't do the team any good especially when it's happening at a rate and a frequency like it's been for the last couple of weeks. I, I mean, it's unacceptable. It is. And that reputation is something, you know, we can laugh about it there, but, it, I mean, my God, if this continues, it's going to be on the radar of the umpires. Now, one unintended or intended, whatever you want to call it, consequence of this, complaining about balls and strikes Complaining about, you know, what these guys behind the plate are calling and whether it's accurate or inaccurate. It's going to lead to some changes down the road here with baseball. You know, we've seen this game continue to evolve. We've seen the status quo get blown up. You know, they call it it's evolving. A lot has changed in the way this sport is played over the last decade. With all the new rules, you got instant replay, now you got the pitch clock, the shift has been banned, the bases are bigger, on and on and on, all these different things. What's going to be the next one is this is going to pave the way for robo-umpires. I'm telling you it's going to happen. Now, I personally am not in favor of it. I think the actual human element is something that is good for the game, and I think it's something the game needs. But if there's going to be more of these discrepancies between players, managers, coaches, and the umpires, where they're not going to see eye to eye about how balls and strikes are being called, robo-umps are going to be the next thing, where there's going to be a uniform strike zone, and there's not going to be any sort of umbrage you can take with it, because again, baseball's already been testing this in the minor leagues. This is a thing that they've had at now for the last several seasons, and it's something that, you know, the minor leagues is where baseball kind of tries out all these newfound type of quirks that we maybe want to incorporate into the game. And this is going to be the next one. I would be shocked in the next, how about we say, five years if we don't have robo-umps in Major League Baseball. At least to some degree. It's going to happen. I, I, I can almost guarantee you that that is the way things are moving right now. And guess what? And I was talking about this last night as well. One of the unintended consequences of that, something that the Yankees actually take pride in and something that they value right now, and you kind of have seen this being the rage 
at least as far as the catching position is concerned in baseball over the last several seasons. You know the term the pitch framers? Right? These catchers now who are really, really good and guys that can frame pitches are valued maybe more so than others. That's going to be gone. Because if you have a, 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 a robo strike zone, doesn't matter where you receive the ball and then place your mitt for where the umpire can call it a ball and a strike. No, it's going to be measured actually where the damn ball either crosses the plate or doesn't cross the plate. My calculations so say framing. that was an eighth of an inch outside. Exactly. You're not, that's what you're going to get. It would be cool, though, if the managers are going to come out and argue with that type of a computer. Like, do, Harvey, play that again. So it's like, if I could bet, like, what are you talking about? What, are you blind? You couldn't tell that that was a strike? What did you see? My calculations say that was an eighth of an inch outside. See, it would lose a little bit of luster. Well, right? you At can least hit the I road, Jack. Guy. You're out of here. <laughs> Love Don't it. make fun of my weight, Bart. Your mama clicked on a bad email and infected me with binary butlemia. <laughs> See, that's what baseball, once that happens, that's what baseball has to get, like, mic'd up, right? That's what they have to get mic'd up or something, and then they could release that and have that go viral. That'll get all the kids locked in, right? How to appeal to the youngsters in Major League Baseball, do something like that. No, but all seriousness, the pitch framers, the catchers in baseball now, because the catching position has been something that's kind of evolved into more of a defense-first position. You don't have as many guys who could swing the bat, to the, you know, uh, proficiency as some of these guys of yesteryear did. You know, when Piazza was here and you had the Posadas and, you know, you had a lot of catchers whose value was more offensive than defensive. But now it's been the other way around in baseball. You only got about a handful of guys who can actually handle the bat pretty well and you actually rely on them and expect their offense to be a contributor to your lineup. Now it's more about defense, pitch framing the whole nine yards. Guess what? Jose Trevino's one of those guys. And if there's going to be robo-umps, goodbye pitch framers. Don't mean anything. And that's coming, folks. It is going to be here soon, whether you like it or not. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. I don't know. Maybe I'm making too big of a deal of it. I don't know. But, it, you know, call me old school. It's no different than any other if you're running a business. If you're going to hire an employee and you want him to do a job for you, and you're paying him decent money to do a job for you, you kind of want him there at work to do the job, not getting thrown out of games, and not there for your team to manage it, which is what you brought him in for. Dan Gross' show, we roll till noon on this Saturday. We're coming right back, 98.7 ESPN. Hey, Boone, you're out of here. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. 
Nautic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show on this Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. You know, we're talking baseball, so ESPN New York has your chance to win $25,000 this baseball season in the New York No-Hitter Sweepstakes. Today's qualifier is, drumroll, Robert Spina from Tenafly, New Jersey, who has chosen New York's National League team to throw a no-hitter today. Enter now at ESPNNewYork.com or on the ESPN New York app. Pick a team to throw a no-hitter, and you can win $25,000. Presented by MoheganSunCasino.com. For full contest rules, go to ESPNNewYork.com. I'll tell you, Robert, that is, that is gutsy because there are probably other ballparks that I would think a no-hitter was more likely to take place in than Coors Field. And that's where the Mets are playing tonight. Now, look, stranger things have happened. I, guys, has there ever been a no-hitter at Coors Field? I want to say yes. Is that where Hideo Nomo threw a no-hitter with the Dodgers against – I, I could have swore he did it against the Rockies. I could be wrong. I don't know. Maybe you guys check that for me. Anyway, 800-919. That, that's accurate? Is that true? That's All correct. Right. 1996, no, no hitter was at Coors Field. September now, 17, was there another 96. one for the Rockies? Was there a Rocky that threw one? Or is that just the only one? I think the Rockies have a no hitter. I don't think they're one of those teams that, because the Padres are the only one that doesn't now, right? Because the Mets have their Fugazi no hitter. Well, Musgrove threw a no hitter in Texas a couple, I think a year and a half ago. Right. He threw, but that wasn't a Rocky situation. Musgrove was with the Padres and then threw one in Texas. That was early on in the season. I remember that. But with Colorado, I th- I, Rockies have had a no-hitter because the Padres are the only – oh, duh. Stupid. Right. Abaldo they, Jimenez in tw- in, at Turner Field uh, against the, the uh, Braves. I want to say in like 2015. Is it Was it home or away? It was away. It was Okay. Oh, I'm sorry. April 10th. April 17th, 2010, against the Braves in Atlanta. In Atlanta. All right, but Nomo has thrown through the one at Coors Field. Correct. All right, so hey, you know what? Maybe tonight it's going to happen again. Lady Luck will be shining on Robert, on Justin Verlander, and the Mets, the whole nine yards. What more could be better? Definitely pulling for that to happen. Anyways, let's get to some phone calls here. 800 919 3776, that is the telephone number. Let us say good morning. And as I'm making out the lineup card here, our leadoff hitter is going to be our good buddy, Jose in Brooklyn. Jose, you got to set the table. Get on base for us. How the hell are you doing? Good morning, Dan. Hello, Joe. Hello, um, Harvey. I hope you guys are going to have a great weekend. Um, was calling in um, just to talk about the umpire, um, the uh, robo ump because I think it's kind of a fascinating idea, but a little bit. Uh, but I'm uh, on the fence of it as well at, at the same time because. I'm a person that likes the human element, especially, you know, with with, with certain things that lead to arguments. And, you know, I think it can make it fun for the game. But there are some times where I just feel like I get this vibe where, especially now with all the new rules, where the umps are like not having any of it. 
where they're not trying to take be shown up at any type of any type of step. And to me, that 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 human element is called taking it personal, and that's where I don't want it. That's where I don't want it to you know affect the game. And you know that and that 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 was just my call. And as far as for you know Harvey, sorry for bringing up the silver mirror cuff thing. I thought it was hilarious. And... <laughs> what did, wait? What did you bring and... up? The silver silver near cup thing. Oh, the silver <laughs> cup. Well, at least you didn't bring up the supporter shield because that was today's oh. conversation before the show. That's another story for another oh, time. Hey, you know what? I, I, I'm one of the. It, it sucks because I understand where Harvey comes from because, uh, like, the NYFC is literally the Brooklyn Nets. And to watch them win the MLS Cup, which is literally like the playoff championship. Because, you know, in soccer terms, it kind of sucks that, you know, we don't that the Red Bulls don't get the respect that they deserve. But you know what? When we when I grew up with Thierry Henry being here that and now they're just not doing anything to bring any superstars, they kind of deserve the joke that they become. So sorry, Harvey. (laughs) Interesting. Interesting. That's a hot take. That's a hot take, Jose. Have a good weekend. Appreciate the phone call. Now, Harvey, was he talking about the Red Bulls or NYCFC? He brought up NYFC. I'm not sure who NYFC are, but NYCFC, um, he's correct. Terry Henry, though, was on the Red Bulls, wasn't he? He was. From 2010 to 2014, he was on the Red Bulls. But he wasn't on NYCFC. No, thank God. No, I didn't think so. Yeah. No, they ran. They made out with um, you know, old rejects like Frank Lampard and Andrea Pirlo. And I remember, yeah, yeah, remember. I remember when those guys came. I said, Jesus, Andrea Pirlo looks like he's about 68 years old. Yeah. He played like it, too, at times, too. Well, I mean, that's, you know. And I love them because he used to play for my, my European club, AC Milan, before he went to Juventus. So, And I what we them. also established before the show was is that NYCFC is, is essentially, they could be categorized as, 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 as homeless. They're a homeless team. Yeah, you catch them at City Field tonight. Good yeah. luck with that. Because, like, Harvey's like, yeah, they're playing at City Field tonight because the Mets are in Colorado. I said, wait a second. I thought they played Yankee Stadium. It's like, no, they flip-flop back and forth. It was like, really? So they don't have a home. They're, like, kind of like the, 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 the kid who gets, like, shipped around from different members of the family from relative to relative and stays with them for, like, you know, months at a time. That's what NYCFC is, right? One of the great banter jokes amongst Red, Bull, Red Bulls fans oh. is that last year NYCFC played uh, games at Red Bull Arena. And so... Us Red Bull fans will ask them for rent money every time that they play at Red Bull Arena. So, oh god, I'll tell you, you know, the 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 Red Bulls, the Red Bull fan comedy banter material. That's that's second to none. It's timeless. It's my favorite. Timeless. Twenty twenty seven, baby. Can't get home soon enough. So it's so funny. Their home won't even be ready for the World Cup in twenty twenty six. Unbelievable, unbelievable. Spike is in um, St. Pete. He is up next here on ninety eight seven. Spike, good morning. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I feel good about the youngsters like Jose, who I've befriended, and we exchange uh, messages frequently. Uh, Very nice. nice to, no, it's nice to, well, that started because he started calling Larry and Gordon, and I've been calling forever, uh, right. analyzing uh, Nick games after the game. Where as soon as Alexander Graham Bell plugged the damn phone into the wall, you were the first call that was made. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, as you get older, you can't, the knowledge just dissipates, not the old knowledge, but the new stuff, how you guys all, including your producers like Harvey, cover soccer, every sport, and obviously it's a full-time commitment, that's your business, I've 
I've given you plenty of plaudits over the years for having such breadth of knowledge. I know it's your job, and you always say you get paid a fair wage, but it's still, you know, look, I just can't remember it like that. So right. I'm a basketball guy and a little bit of baseball, and I kind of disappear when the football comes in. You know, what it is? It's, it, you know what it is, Spike? It's like with anything in life, and I don't care how old you are. It's, I, I like to call it selective amnesia because – you know, I, yeah. I, I might remember something that happened in a game, you know, 35 years ago. But if you ask me, what did I have for lunch yesterday? I probably don't even remember. Yeah, that that's that's as old as I am, that expression. And I agree with you. But let me get to the call before I waste all the time. First yeah. of all, on the baseball, a good friend of mine who called games for ESPN, he works occasionally around the uh, radio business. And he says, look at baseball seriously from the trading deadline on. And I peek in on it and I look at it and, and I like the Yankees a little better than the Mets, but they're, they're New York teams. You know, my allegiance is with the Knicks. And this is interesting because Peter Rosenberg's a big Celtic fan, and I give him a lot of credit. He's going to the games. Now, I prefer Boston losers because of my age, because growing up in the 50s and 60s, Boston won. You guys can look it up. You know it probably off right. the top of your head. But they right. won every year. Harvey, they yeah. won every year. I mean, they must have won seven or eight out in a row. And it's it, death it taxes and the Celtics, basically. But, yeah. Yeah. but I, think, I think tonight, uh, there's only so many times one team can beat another. And I think that the discrepancy in talent isn't that big. you got Jimmy Butler, who when he rises to the occasion, he's not the best player per se on the floor, but he's the best playoff player on the floor. And I wouldn't be surprised if Spolstra put that weak side two, three-man game on from the nail out to the elbow where they run three guys around Jimmy and he can pump fake and shoot, pass, or go to the bucket. Uh, but listen, I don't like the guarantee part. I was saying that to Harvey on the pre-pickup because I'm not big on guarantees from Patrick Ewing's days. Uh, mm-hmm. But the truth is, it's a big game, and I wouldn't be surprised if Butler had 28 or 30 points and 14, 15 assists. Do you see it playing out that way? Possibly. I actually think it's Spike. Thanks for the call. I, I Look, if you're asking me right now, would I like to see a game seven? Sure, right? There's nothing like a game seven. But I think that Miami would find a way to win tonight. I think a big component of this game is, believe it or not, Gabe Vincent. And and when the hell did we ever think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we'd be sitting here saying, boy, you know, Gabe Vincent, his availability could sway this series. But you saw the difference. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, Haywood Highsmith, or whatever his name is, guy barely played the entire postseason. And Spolster dusts him off the other night, and he plays over 30 minutes. Like, how did that happen? But because you have an important guy in your rotation who's down, it's next man up. Well, sometimes next man up isn't as good. And then it's like a trickle-down effect for the rest of the roster. So two things that'll decide this game. Number one, the turnovers. The last couple of games the Celtics have won, Miami's turned the ball over a ton. Boston has capitalized down the other end of the floor, points off of turnovers. And number two, it's, it's really not all that groundbreaking, but it's true. Three-point shooting. You know, Miami was dreadful in game four shooting threes. They were a little bit better the other night, but still not to the level that they were at in the Knicks series, first three games that they won. Those two things you look for tonight as to how this game is going to go, especially early on. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. More phone calls when we return. We'll get into some football. I'll get into the latest from Scotty Pippen talking about his old pal, MJ. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN.
10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Did you guys see this story, by the way? Um, Harvey, you ever have you ever stolen a car before? No, I can't say that I have, no, no. No, me neither, actually. I, I, I didn't think you did. I was hoping you didn't. Actually, if you, if you did, I didn't know what, how you'd be working here or on this show. Well, let's not ask too many questions now. No, but I'm just saying, I mean, like, if, you know, I don't think we hire car thieves. At least I would hope not. You don't know. I think that there would be a strict kind of, you know, background check to that type of thing. Unless this was some sort of like a work release program, you know, to come produce radio shows and that sort of thing. Anyway, so we're on the same page there. Here's all I'm saying. Anybody who maybe is contemplating doing such a criminal act, probably what you don't want to do is what ended up happening to Steelers quarterback Kenny Pickett. Now, Kenny Pickett, of course, was a rookie last year. Had that real good game, remember, against the Jets when he came in relief of Mitch Trubisky. Nearly won them that game, but the Jets were able to hold them off in Pittsburgh. That was a Zach Wilson vehicle, as a matter of fact, last season. But the other day, Kenny Pickett was doing an appearance at some car dealership in Pittsburgh. And while he was at the dealership doing his thing. His 2023 Genesis SUV was stolen. Okay, you never like to see that happen, right? Poor guy, works hard, you know, takes the brunt and the pounding of being an NFL quarterback, and, you know, he's got a nice little car there, and somebody just goes ahead and takes it. Now, in terms of car theft 101, this is what you don't want to do. You know how they ended up catching the guy? Because the guy that stole the car, and, and you cannot make this up, they were able to get him so quickly because he left his personal car at the dealership. 
So, essentially, this guy drives to the dealership and almost decides to, like, swap cars. Well, I'll leave mine here, and let me just take Kenny Pickett's car and drive off with that. Probably had all his information in the glove compartment, all that stuff, and they were able to round him up pretty quickly. Now, here's the kicker to the story, though. Inside Kenny Pickett's vehicle that was stolen was the Steelers' playbook. And they even apprehended that. So, so get this. The guy leaves a trail so he could be apprehended quickly. Doesn't do anything even to the playbook. It's not like he swung by, you know, the FedEx office place and decided to make copies of the Steelers' playbook and, and sell them on eBay for a couple of bucks. You know, a little supplemental income. And the whole game was up quick because he left too many crumbs behind. You think you've heard it all, you think you've seen it all, and then you have the situation involving Kenny Pickett and the stolen car. But thankfully, nobody was hurt in the making of that story. See, normally, if you're going to do something like that, you you probably just want to leave as little a trail as possible. You know, don't leave another vehicle there. It's not not a trade-in program. Otherwise, it wouldn't be considered a crime. That's how this whole thing works. Oh, my gosh. Can't make it up. Cannot make it up. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Um, Congratulations are in order to the Oakland A's. Seriously. Because not only are they getting closer and closer and closer to getting that brand-new stadium in Las Vegas, even though there's no shovel in the ground, and you're not going to really believe it until you see that, But they lost again last night. They've now lost nine in a row. Here's Oakland right now after 53 games. They're 10-43. 10 wins, 43 losses. They are right now on a pace to go 31-131 and this season. Think of that for a second. You know how historically excellently bad you have to be to lose 131 games. I'll tell you, I don't know if there are any members of the 1962 expansion Mets that are still with us, but if they are, they're going to be the ones maybe not popping champagne at the end of the season because that Met team has set a baseball record for futility, which has stood for decades, right? 120 losses. That has stood the test of time. The A's might shatter that this year. And I know ordinarily that's something that you don't like to celebrate, but, you know, that, that first Mets team, they were like lovable losers, and they were for a lot of years, but that one specifically. And that's something that they could kind of like hold near and dear to themselves. But this A's team might come along and just completely eradicate that. And I think that they could do it. Like, what gives you any hope that Oakland's going to be able to actually turn this thing around? Like, you think they're going to go on a winning streak? You think like personal pride is going to factor in? Do you think that the front office is going to go out there and actually make some trades before the deadline and bring in better players? You think that they're going to dip into the minor leagues and bring up whatever highly regarded prospects that they have just to improve the on-field product? No, 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 and no. They're all about losing. They're all about making this thing as big of a disaster as possible. Like, this is what they want to have happen. The Oakland A's are essentially the movie Major League coming to life. 
Like, remember in the movie, the owner, like, wanted them to be as awful as possible so she can move the team, I think, to, like, Miami or something and get the hell out of Cleveland. I think that's what Oakland wants. Not I think, that's what I know they want. They've already given the proverbial bird to the fan base out there. They don't care. The fans sure as hell don't care. They're not going to games. They're not supporting this thing. Like, could you imagine? Like, nothing like that would ever happen here. It would be impossible in this city. But imagine what, like, sports talk radio is out in the Bay Area. I don't even know if, if, if Oakland merits a discussion. And Major League Baseball really doesn't even care about what's currently going on because all they care about is seeing that this franchise lands on its feet in Oakland. They're able to get themselves that brand-new spanking stadium, which means more revenue coming in. And, of course, baseball is going to take their cut of the pie. It's all about the dollars and cents because they realize that as far as a revenue-generating stream, that book is closed right now in Oakland. Not going to happen. Can't happen. Won't happen. But how pathetic, though, for those poor people that actually still give their time to even watching that team because, you know, they, like, grew up on it, and it's all they knew. We come back. You'll get a kick out of this one. Scotty Pippen, great basketball player, champion, Hall of Famer, the whole nine yards. He really doesn't like Michael Jordan. I'm starting to get that sense. Grasso Show till noon. We're coming right back on 98.7 ESPN. Harvey, you ever stolen a car before? 